The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. You are listening to The Bird Calls. For more breakdowns on the Pelicans, including interviews with coaches, journalists, and opposing experts, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. What's up, Pels fans? Welcome to another episode of The Bird Calls. I'm your host, Preston Ellis, and today we are previewing the Spurs with our preseason buddy from SB Nation's PoundingTheRock.com. This is Editor-in-Chief, Mr. J.R. Wilco. How are you today, sir? Doing great, Preston. How are you? I'm good, sir. I'm over in Orlando where it is a crisp 50 degrees right now. How's it over there? <laughs> uh, we, we were in the 40s this morning, but it's going it to... We had a... <clears throat> We had an 89-degree day in some places in town in Austin. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, Talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. It was, um, it was 90 over the weekend, but we're back down in the 40s, so we'll just slowly be creeping up like, like, like I expect you guys will be. Yeah, I'm definitely not complaining. Uh, last year, we had a couple of heat indexes over 125, so I'll, I'll take 50 as long as I can get it. Uh, in March, that's just wrong. I know, not in March. Uh, this is more uh, July and August is pretty much the time of year where everybody starts uh, contemplating moving to Canada. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's let's get talking about the Spurs here, buddy. Uh, everybody, you can follow him, of course, at Jolly Roger Wilco and at Pounding the Rock. You guys have been doing some pretty terrific work. I, I checked your website uh, just before we did this. And of course, I go through everybody's websites before we do all these previews. And you guys have some wonderful content. You write multiple articles a day. Make sure that you you guys check that out and sir i was uh kind of getting a, a glimpse of what you guys do in terms of covering your games and you were live tweeting of course your handle at pounding the rock was was live tweeting and i got a good joke out of the end of the third quarter i think you guys were up like 95 to 67 o- over the orlando magic and i don't think it was you tweeting but somebody tweeted something like and that'll do it for us 95 to 60 oh wait you guys want to play another quarter all right here we go <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, that was good stuff. Uh, so you guys I think, will be live tweeting tomorrow, right? Oh, absolutely. We do. We do through every game. I I don't always uh, live tweet. I've got I've got five kids. Um, so to the 
So my my personal uh, handle isn't active in every single game, um, and <laughs> but uh, last night the the tweet that I was wanting to send out that I that I never did I couldn't find a, a the perfect way to say it was um, you know you can't get back into the playoff hunt in one game it's not by how many points you win it's all the games you win. Um, it just sounded uh, to, to uh, I, like I didn't want to look a gift horse in the mouth. It's been so long since we've really thrummed any team. And so it was kind of kind of nice to do that to the magic. Yeah, uh, I think you guys ended up winning by 36. It was 108 to 72. And, you know, every, every team in the NBA has has, you know, uh, NBA quality players, I guess I should say. With that being said, the, the Magic <laughs> are shorthanded. They're one of the worst teams in the league. Oh, they're They've so hurt. 20 wins. Yeah, but 36 points is still impressive. It doesn't matter who you do it against. And with that being said, the, the San Antonio Spurs have been struggling. It's become a uh, a popular story for national media types because they've been to the playoffs 20 consecutive years. But this calendar year, I'm reading this off your website, you guys are 13 and 18. You've won seven of the last, or you're seven in 14 in your last 21 games, not including last night's matchup with the Thunder. Uh, you guys have your first losing or uh, record on the road for the first time in 20 years. You're tied with mm-hmm. the Utah Jazz for the eighth seed at 38 and 30. However, you are 24 and eight at home and nine of your last 15 team games are at home what is your belief right now that san antonio is going to make the playoffs there is no belief i, I don't i don't think they will the the schedule is just too rough schedule too, I mean, play play the warriors uh play you guys play portland play houston um there's there's just there's just way too many quality teams out there for for how the how the spurs are playing right now without Kawhi. and even if they bring him back at this point uh, I, I don't know that I that I can have a whole lot of expectation that he's going to step in and be the Kawhi he 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 would be with a preseason and a full and, and you know and a full complement of games behind him. It's just he he's still the guy that he can be, you know, if he's healthy, if he can play. But that was I mean, that was with the uh, that was when everybody was thinking that he was going to come back on Thursday. Uh, which you know the Spurs never confirmed and was always just a just an ESPN report. Um, uh, Pop was asked about that uh, in in his pregame yesterday, and uh, and he, and they're like, well, you know the reports. And he's like, well, yeah, where'd you hear that? And they go, well, you know, <laughs> there were the 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 the, the reports at ESPN. And he goes, yeah, well, there you go. I risk my <laughs> shot fired and, across. And <laughs> just because just because somebody says something's going to happen and ESPN prints it doesn't mean that it has anything to do with us. Um, I love it. I love I love uh, I love when Pop goes off like that. But the but, but the point of all but the point of all of that was um, that uh, even even when we thought it was possible Kawhi would come back on Thursday, I didn't think that they would make it because it takes it takes a while for a guy to get all the way back, obviously, and it takes a while for the team to to play with him after playing without him for so long. And the the team is just it we have NBA level players, sure, but there's been so many injuries this year. Everybody's been filtering in and out uh, of the lineup. And yeah, Preston, all of you know this. Every single guy on the Spurs roster has led the team in scoring this season. That I actually had that written down man. because I, I, I took that off of your website. I was going to bring that up later. It's incredible. That is not consistency. That is 
flying by the seat of the pants, trying to get it done tonight type stuff. And the, the, so the, the Spurs have won four of their last 14. They are four and 10 over the last 14. That is, that, that, that is a team that is, uh, it is fraying at the edges with a whole bunch of uh, young guys uh, that have never seen a whole lot of, uh, of playing time. Davis Bertans, Bryn Forbes, Jante Murray, absolutely. I, look, at the beginning of the season, I thought he's two years away from being able to, to be starting quality point guard. And everybody's glowing about him because he's actually producing. I, and, you know, like it's, it's not about whether he can produce. The kid can produce. It's just there's going to be tons of problems. There's going to be tons of mistakes, tons of stuff that, that Tony wouldn't give you. Of course, there's a lot of good stuff Tony wouldn't give you, right? Those Coast Accord, he had, a, he had an amazing, beautiful uh, steal. And, and he, does, uh, he does this so often. I see so few guys do this when they steal he doesn't bring the ball in front of him. If, if he t- makes a steal and the ball's pretty much behind him by the time he gains control, he always goes with the behind-the-back pass. And sometimes even, like, literally behind his back, like, throws the ball ahead of himself as the first dribble. It's, it's, it's crazy. I've, ne- I've, I've never really seen anybody else uh, in the league do this the way that DeJounte does. And it's exciting as all get out. But, I mean, like, the, the, guy, the guy's, like, the, the worst in the league at finishing around the rim – uh, his, his jumper is, is gone from hopelessly broken to just poor, and he, and he doesn't shoot threes. So the, the, that's, that's not what the, it's not what the 21st century NBA offense needs. Uh, and, and they're just growing pains is what they are right now. Tony Parker had a great quote the other day where he essentially said, at the end of games, we used to, Manu, Tim, and I, we used to just look at each other and know what we were running and know where each other were going to be and be able to wind up with really easy baskets. That's just not possible anymore. These guys, that was the end of the quote. It's just not possible anymore. <laughs> and so these guys can't get out there and just win games at the end. So we had six, and uh, that streak of those 14 games I was talking about, six uh, losses in a row came when the Spurs were leading in the fourth quarter. Those are games that they used to put in their back pocket. And now they're getting you – know, teams are coming back against them, and teams are just outright beating them uh, down the stretch. And it's all because these guys are learning to play with each other. You can't, you can't win. It's, it's, it's a classic thing, right? How's this team? How's this team doing? Oh, they're an up-and-coming team. Well, um, they're in the playoffs. Is this their year? Oh, no, no. They've got to, they've got to lose before they win, right? You, like, that's the whole process. You need to be able – to transition from being a team with talent and potential to learning how to play together, learning how to win together, and then relying on each other. And the Spurs are in that spot now. It's weird. Yeah, it is strange. The Spurs, uh, you preaching a, a lack of familiarity. Uh, the Spurs have always kind of just rebuilt on the fly, and now watching them uh, take a step back, so to speak, just just to read off the schedule that the Spurs, uh, they have the number one strength of schedule, hardest strength of schedule, I should say. After the Pelicans, they fight the Wolves, Warriors, Wizards, Jazz, Bucks, Wizards, Thunder, Rockets, Clippers, uh, Lakers, who have been playing very well as of late, the Blazers, and then the Kings before closing the season on the Pelicans. That is rough. Uh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and, and when you look at the Spurs, they have, I believe, of all, of all teams in playoff contention, they have the worst record against, maybe this is just in the West, but the worst record against uh, playoff teams. 
So, I mean, you just listed off, I don't know, it seems like 70, 75% of those names are playoff teams. It, it's not, I, I mean, like, I'm, for the first time in 20 years, been looking at uh, mock drafts to see, you know, how far the Spurs fall and how high their ping pong ball gets gets picked and, and, and what the lottery is going to look like. I know that I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to be realistic. I'm trying to be as optimistic as I can. I'd love to watch the team win, but what do they gain if they squeak into the playoffs and get swept in the first round? Uh, I don't see that they gain anything. And I don't see, I don't see, you know, much optimism to expect anything but that if they squeak in. At this point, I mean, I'm not going to say that. I don't say I'm calling for a tank. I'm just saying I would like the highest pick possible. I think everyone around the NBA would would be thrilled to see the Spurs out of the playoffs because I know uh, for my Pelicans and pretty much every team <laughs> across the association, nobody is interested in seeing Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs in the playoffs. So if you guys want to take a back seat this year, I'm sure that's okay with all of us. And I, and I certainly understand the frustration with the national media. I think the the Ringer and ESPN have traded uh, Drew Brees to the Vikings and Anthony Davis to either the Cavaliers or the Celtics probably a dozen times at this point this year. But to, to continue <laughs> on with that Kawhi Leonard news, I mean, there there is a standing belief that, that we are going to see him at some point. He hasn't officially been ruled out for the season. And, of course, like you mentioned, that false report that he was going to play against the Pelicans, we were thrilled when we found out that that was indeed not the case. I read a report on poundingtherock.com as well as a, a national story that the Spurs are still waiting on Kawhi's medical team to clear him. Now, does that indicate his own personal team or the San Antonio Spurs medical staff? No, you read that correctly. Uh, so the, the Spurs medical staff uh, and and Kawhi's camp, um, I guess, for lack of a better term, uh, don't exactly uh, aren't. Are, are, how about this? We'll say that they aren't the same people. Now, uh, last last week, um, I'm sorry, last night. Uh, against uh, you know bef- before the the game that the, uh, the Spurs played against Orlando right so Tuesday night uh, Pop said that there that there wasn't any disagreement between the camps right between between Kawhi's team and and the Spurs medical staff uh, but I but there've been there've been there've been noise there's been noise there's been rumors um, I think it's all overblown as far as the friction between. Uh, Kawhi and the team. I mean, like, uh, you know, there were there were reports of, of of Kawhi being in really good spirits last night. You know, joking around with guys, like you know, giving a fist bump to Pop, right? So that the the reports of friction, I think, are overblown. But there was definitely a, a lack of uh, agreement between the the, the way. That uh, and I say definitely. Um, I would I I would say if you ask me, I, I have I have no proof, but I would definitely say that there was a there was a lack of agreement between the the, the Spurs official medical staff and you know the people that Kawhi has on on his side as far as the way that they were going to rehab him. And what I have heard is that um, that the Spurs essentially said, you know, do what you got to do. And then we will we will do our rehab once you feel like you're good. And uh, they they tried that earlier in the year and, and couldn't get them back. And so now they're just being being very careful. This is a potentially chronic situation. This is not something that you want to be living with for the rest of your career. And the point and and my understanding is the point is you, you 
if you're going to hold him out as long as you've held him out already, um, why bring him back when he's still experiencing pain and then just wind up it eventually getting back to the way, where it was? Uh, I think the idea is if, in for penny and for pound at this point, if he's still experiencing pain a little bit, then you don't play him. And you go until he's 100% pain-free. And then how long do you go beyond that? I don't know. But if he's 100% pain-free, then that means that, that, the, that, that the fabric, right, the, the fabric of the, of the tendon and where it connects um, is all is whole. And going forward, you can, you, you can expect him to not have to deal with this as long as it's, it's monitored, you're good. But getting to that point where he's pain-free is the issue at this point. Has he been cleared by the Spurs medical staff to play? Yes. Could he play? Yes. But again, why give up all of these games if you're just if, if you're just going to get him to the point where he's almost pain free and still going to get worse and worse and worse if he plays on it? And that's that's the position that they're in right now, and I completely get it. Now, Kawhi came out and said that he wanted to be a spur for life. With that being said, he's got one year left on his contract, followed by a player option. Uh, do you think this is something that gets resolved over the summer, kind of like they did with LaMarcus Aldridge and Kawhi comes back the the happy spur and you guys continue this streak uh, after taking one year off from the playoffs, I guess? Or or do you think the friction is actually there and it's building? No, I don't think there's any friction. I think he is. I don't think he goes back to being the happy spur. I think he is a happy spur. I don't think he's a happy camper because I, I like that. I mean, there've been all kinds of reports about what happens to, uh, to, athletes in their prime that have to take a year off or any significant period of, of time off when, when you're used to playing all the time, when you're used to, you know, the endorphins that you're, that you get from, from, from playing the game and you have to do without those, uh, you know, I mean, like there, there is a depression that comes at that point. And, right. uh, and so you, you don't want, uh, you don't want that. It's awful. It's, it's rough. And, and and honestly, I, I I understand where the friction is coming from. Just if we only look at the fact that 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 Kawhi is is uh, is injured, that's enough. Uh, I expect him to look. Winning cures a lot of ills, and when Kawhi comes back, I fully expect the Spurs to win a lot of games. Um, you can't. He's like one of the best five players in in the league. Uh, that's not going to change just for him taking a few games off and when you add a guy with that with those capabilities back to your roster uh you win games and the, and the spurs have been right there in a lot of these games that they've lost those are games that they win with the prime Kawhi in there and i expect to see prime Kawhi, and i expect him to be happy in san antonio and i expect him to, to stay so yeah a definite conversation for another time. Uh, the Pelicans, so too, have had Quincy Pondexter and Solomon Hill. And a lot of players across the association have their own medical teams. They have their own doctors perform surgery on them. Pelicans uh, like to go to L.A. for a lot of their treatments. And and it can be can become a sticky situation when these guys have complications with their rehab, when they have a lot of these procedures and treatments done outside of their facility. So definitely a conversation worth having in the future could possibly mitigate a lot of that friction between uh, team and player. But let's go ahead and talk about the Pelicans and the Spurs. The Spurs are 28th in pace. The Pelicans have been first since Boogie went down. You guys are 28th in the league and scoring 18th in offensive rating, but you're first in defense, second in rating. You mentioned that uh, every single member of the Spurs had, has 
led the team in scoring this year. So, too, the Spurs have had 24 different starting lineups against the Magic. You guys uh, rolled out Patty Mills, DeJounte Murray, Danny Green, Kyle Anderson, and LaMarcus Aldridge. So, like you said, this team is continuing to discover different ways to play this season. And you've had some injuries as well. I want to get your reports on that. Pau Gasol has been back uh, after a brief stint on the bench, but he's only shooting six shots per game only 36% from the field. Uh, he had a bruised left knee bone, and he's also wearing a sleeve on his shoulder. What is his status right now, and why do you think he was removed from the starting lineup? <laughs> Man, uh, you have some big questions. So uh, he, uh, he, took a, he took a large number of games, or a good number of games, I, I want to say it was in, in the teens uh, uh, that he missed earlier this season. Uh, nearly everybody on the roster. It's been a, it's been a chock full uh, chock full of injuries. Um, the, in, the the IR the <laughs> the injury report uh, this year has just been. I've always had uh, had somebody on it. Right. There's one game that the Spurs had their full complement of players. One game that Kawhi played that nobody else was injured, uh, and that's and, and that's pretty normal uh, for any NBA team. Um, but it's just been an extraordinary year uh, across the board for that. But the the latest issue with Powell is that he went and played against Memphis, played against his brother, and uh, brothers you know, bring out bring out the uh, the best in each other. And also, anyway, they banged shoulders together really hard, and Powell uh, had to take at least one game off because of that. Why did he leave the starting lineup? Um, I think that the Spurs experienced their best play last season when Powell was coming off the bench. He was. And a, and a small injury um, last season and came back and was, they just worked him back in from the bench and the team played so well. Uh, he's, he's, he's a really interesting uh, player in, in what he brings to the team at this point. His, his, his per minute numbers are, are across the board. How about this? His efficiency numbers are off the charts. He just, for my for my money, he just doesn't shoot enough. Uh, he he he. Uh, no no player over the last two seasons has hit a higher percentage of his shots uh, of his three point shots than Powell has, and yet he hardly shoots them. <laughs> it's just it's it's really it's really frustrating how how little uh, the the club is depending on him. But again, I mean like. Like you said, they're still trying out different starting lineups. They're still learning how to play together. And it's the end of the season, right? This is the team. This is the time when, when teams are locking things in and relying on what they know will work, not experimenting. That shows you where San Antonio is this year. Without Kawhi, they're a team that's, that's investigating their, young, their youngsters and trying to see what they're capable of and giving them room to stretch their legs. Uh, there's just no way that Bryn Forbes and Derek White and, and Davis Bertans get as much playing time as they've gotten recently if, if, if the team is, is doing everything it can to, to, to get everything uh, locked down and set in stone for the playoffs. Uh, to back up some of the things you were saying, he's 39% from three this season uh, per 36, 15 and a half points, 12 rebounds, five assists, albeit on only 24 minutes per game. He's got two years left, $32 million guaranteed. Uh, so it's, it's a pretty expensive bench player. But like you said, when he's, he's on the as, court. He's as, efficient, 
he's as efficient and as effective as you as you would want somebody to be. And yet, and yet, they don't design any place for him to shoot from three. He just shoots it when, and he regularly passes up open threes. I mean, it's 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 amazing. You know, it, it it's a little frustrating, but it, it's amazing that. And I, I don't look, I don't look at, at how much some guy makes. Um, honestly, he's on the team, right? So how are you going to use him? Oh, you're going to use him in a way that you think is going to win you the most games. Uh, and and you know, they use him as a facilitator and and in in a way to play off. Here's the thing. Here's the way that here's the way the Popovich thinks. Uh, this is the way. This is the way that they they approached the seasons that led to their last um, their last championship. Right? We know we're going to be. We we know we're going to meet the Heat if 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 we make it to the finals. So let's play every game as though we're playing against the Heat. The style of offense and the style of defense that we think is going to make it to, to uh, make our, give us our best chance of winning against. That team, that's the way we play all along to the point where we are so used to playing that when we get there, it's, a, it, it's open and closed case. Um, that's the way that they, they played those years. And when they, they, they did get up there against the Heat, then they, had, then, they, <laughs> then they won, right? And now it's the Warriors. So they play the style of play that they think is going to take them there. There's no sense in relying on Powell as a cornerstone of an offense and building around him when, when, if your if your season gets all the way to where you want it to be, you just have to play a different way in order to beat the team that you know that you're going to meet. So they don't build around all that efficiency, all that effectiveness, because Powell's not going to be on the court all that often against the team that can run around him and target him every single time that he's out there. Right. Um, There are things that he can do. Right. He can be the, the he can be the five in a in in a four smalls and a, and a center look, but you're not going to start him out there with Lamarcus uh, for for many games uh, in, in a seven game series against Golden State, and so that's that's why you see that stuff. All of his numbers are excellent, efficiency wise, but not his totals. His totals are um, totals are not very good. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard not to look at the salary cap sheet when you've had Omar Ashik on your books for four seasons long. But uh, I, oh. I do, <laughs> I do understand what you mean with Pau Gasol. What's the difference between twelve million and sixteen million? You've still got a very highly effective player, uh, whether he comes yep. off the bench or in the starting lineup alongside Lamarcus Aldridge, depending upon matchups. We're at time, Jr. So very quickly, I want to get your take on this game. The Pelicans are sixteen yep. and forty-two lifetime against the Spurs, and you guys had us uh, beaten up pretty good. The last time we faced before LaMarcus Aldridge went down, you guys led by as many as 15 by nine at the half. The Pelicans ended up winning the second half 70 to 56 with both he and Pau Gasol on the bench. You guys are 24 and eight at home this year, and that's where the Pelicans will play you tomorrow night at 830. What do you think transpires? Uh, you know, the Pelicans have owned the Spurs over the last few seasons. I mean, uh, I, I couldn't tell you what it is right off, but I, I want to say probably um, – eight and two, nine and three, something like that. So the Spurs, it's just like one of those, one of those teams um, that the Pelicans seem to get up for, match up well with. Uh, I mean, of course, Anthony Davis, just an an amazing talent. Um, Right now, (laughs) maybe it's the four and and 10 streak talking, but I I don't expect the Spurs to win any game 
that they that they play right now. I'm not rooting against them. I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not expecting them to lose. I just I just can't expect them to win because the because of the 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 way that uh, that they're struggling uh, so much right now. So uh, with Lamarcus, it'll obviously be better. Um, coming off of a game where the, the team shot so well, you would ex- you would hope that they would shoot well ag- again. But the team is the team has not been any in any way. The shooters have not been consistent at all this season. So after you know lighting lighting the world on fire against Orlando, uh, you know a, a team that knows what it's doing on on defense and has been playing so incredibly well without Cousins. Uh, I, I like just just based on momentum alone, I'd have to say you know that the Pelicans come in to, to San Antonio and probably walk out with a win. Well, I do hope you're right for our sakes, but I do want to uh, go over something quickly. The Pelicans are actually 6-18 and 18 in the past uh, five seasons against the Spurs. Uh, they are, let's see, 3-6 and six in the previous two seasons. The seasons before that, 2012, uh, oh, wait, I missed the last two. Okay, so this season, the Pelicans are 2-0. and oh. Last season, they were 1-3, and three, and the season before they, that, they were 1-3. and three. So the Pelicans are not owning the San Antonio Spurs. I have to stop you no, there. No, that's, I mean, like, from, from the Spurs' perspective, I mean, any any team that can be 1-3 and three against us is is, uh, is is killing us, right? I mean, it should be 4-0 <laughs> every year. I guess that's, that's a fair point. You guys uh, regularly have 55 wins. Wow, so that, anybody just, that, that feels, so, feels so much worse. I mean, every Spurs fan will tell you that the Pelicans own this. That's, that's hilarious. Um, that's, that's conventional wisdom just being uh, out to lunch. Oh, man, that's incredible. But when you win 60 games every season, every loss hurts. I, I'm sure that's what There you, you go. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Uh, you before, we, before we go, uh, we'll have our preview pretty much up around the time that you'll be listening to this, Pelicans fans. In addition, we'll be discussing the Pelicans' heart-stopping victory last night over the Hornets. We'll be doing that with Ollie and Kevin. They never make anything easy for us. Hard to believe they're going to make this Thursday's matchup with the Spurs easy for us, too. Uh, thank you so much to JR. Follow him at Jolly Roger Wilco and at Pounding the Rock. Uh, give our listeners a bit of what they can find on PoundingTheRock.com between now and tomorrow. Uh, a lot of snark, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> um, no, it's uh, like uh, um, I guess if anybody wants to wants to hang out with a whole bunch of uh, Spurs fans that that are feeling pretty woe as me, uh, you can head into the comments. But uh, uh, right now we have um, we have a, a roundtable that the that the staff did that we posted on on Tuesday. Uh, you can definitely uh, take a look at the what we learned. For uh, from the, the the Spurs win over the Orlando Magic, although it's a 20 win team, 20 win team, what can you learn from that? Uh, but we definitely have um, you know recaps, previews, uh, analysis, and and we're trying to you know run the run the entire gamut though. So that's uh, pretty much what we can find. After the Spurs Game 7 victory over Chris Paul in 2008, I'm sure Pelicans fans are happy to dance on the grave of the Spurs 2017-18 season if we can. So thank you so much for your time. Again, sir, I know that was snark uh, personified. Uh, But thank you. Wonderful job. Uh, Definitely going to have this post going up. And uh, for all of you guys, remember tonight, Ollie and Kevin will be back for now. Good luck to you guys and your Spurs. I hope it gets better before it gets worse for you guys. And we'll talk to you soon. Let's go, Pels.
You have been listening to The Bird Calls. Thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, do us one more favor. Go to iTunes, subscribe, and rate our podcast today. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth. Teenagers can communicate entirely in emojis. How was the birthday party? Pizza slice, kitten, soccer ball, pineapple? Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. What are you talking about? Paperclip, shoulder shrug, high five, wizard hat? What? GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets? Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! Believe it, GEICO could save you 15% or more on car insurance.